Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Uncle Salem Speaks. I am Uncle Salem. That's quite convenient. (laughs) And this time I decided to talk a little bit about my fascination with Halloween. I almost called it an obsession, but that would imply that I'm some sort of weirdo, and clearly I'm completely normal. So, fascination with Halloween. Now, We can't really get into it because it would be like a really long, long podcast and you'd all get bored probably. Except for a few diehard Halloween people that would listen just because we're talking about Halloween, which is what people do when they're obsessed. Um, But yeah, my fascination with Halloween and how it led up to my creating a Halloween uh, publication every year so we're not going to go all the way back because like I said the Halloween history I'll get into it later further on down the road but I do want to talk about this super unique year-round Halloween store that we had in Flint on Corona Road for many years decades and it was called 7th Heaven it was open all year round and my initial uh, attraction to that place was uh, Universal Monsters. They had some Universal Monsters stuff. In particular, they had this poster that I, <laughs> I wanted so bad, and I always tried to get them to sell it to me. It was on their back door. It was more there for a decoration. But in the basement, well, first, the upstairs was costumes, um, all kinds of makeup. It, it, was, it was really cool. Like, as soon as you walked in, you just felt like, oh, wow, this is the best store in the whole entire area. And you could just get lost hanging out, walking through there. At the front of the store, there was also a animatronic electric chair with a guy in it, like a crazed lunatic that someone there made. Which is another thing. They had sculptors on the spot there, and they were like, these studio quality sculptors, some of them worked on movies, they did makeup, they were just awesome. So they'd have a microphone and they'd scare people with this electric chair and it would shake and move and it would just, it would literally go crazy. You Wherever you were in the store, you had to turn and be like, oh, sometimes you'd jump. I know I got some members of my family, I think, some cousins, maybe my sister. <laughs> Uh, I'm not for sure. I'm going to have to check with them. But I know that a few members of my family fell victim to that. <laughs> and uh, there's there's another note about that I'm going to make later on in the podcast. But to get to the point, in the basement, that's where they kept all the really cool, like, high-dollar stuff. Like these um, handmade sculptures, latex uh, sculptures of things like um, a, a full-size pumpkin head. Um, and they had a full-size creature from the Black Lagoon, which was really what I was fascinated by, that and the pumpkin head one. They had a ton of different ones. They had masks. They made, you know, severed heads and hands and all kinds of stuff. And they would sell the, the smaller stuff there at the store. Heck, even later in later years, uh, before they closed, they had a, a, a little haunt in their basement and they did like an exorcist room. They, if they reenacted the whole room, it was awesome. The drawers would open and shut, you know, the bed would shake. It was really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, the, the owner of that, his name was John, uh, 
he got really sick and he passed away and they shut it down they when he was sick they had when he initially got sick they had attempted to revive the store over on miller road in a little little store there and, and it was pretty cool still it wasn't it wasn't nearly the same in size and scope because they had to liquidate a lot of stuff which wound up going to another halloween store that was just a part-time halloween store called the halloween connection but that's a whole different story anyway um so seventh heaven is what really as i look back it put this seed in my mind so i think about 11 years ago i found a fear finder which is a small magazine uh people in the michigan and ohio area might know what i'm talking about but for those who don't it's a little newspaper style uh, free paper that you can pick up at different stores that tells you all the haunt locations and the locations of the different Halloween and uh, uh, October related festivities and places you can go. Well, I opened up a copy of this and lo and behold, they had articles. So every issue had an article. So I got the idea in my mind, well, I want to write for them. So all I basically did was I pitched it. I, I messaged them one night on their little, uh, they have like a little website with a little thing where you can leave a comment. I messaged through that. I thought, well, nothing will come of this, but it's worth a try. And they wrote me back and said, yeah, we, we want, uh, articles for our upcoming issues and we would love to see what you got. So I sent them off one and, uh, they liked it. They published it and it was so cool. I just remember walking into uh, I think the first place I saw it was a Taco Bell or maybe Kmart anyway yeah, it was Kmart and I walk into Kmart and I'm picking up the Halloween paper and there's my article it's the only article in the whole paper and um, that started off and I still do that I've been doing that for I believe 11 years I think this is the 12th year coming up so I thought man that is just the coolest and it would run you know it would it'd be out from september october and had a really big print and also an online issue so that was and, and it is really fulfilling it's got great cover art every year by steve ship he's just phenomenal artist these just poster you know frameable style covers gorgeous work and then usually the article will be uh you know directly related to whatever steve puts on the cover now the owner of erebus his name is ed he's the one that puts the paper out him and steve put it together and um ed runs erebus the haunt in pontiac michigan it's one of the biggest haunts in the world it's awesome and uh so anyway getting off track a little bit here but yeah fear finder man really got me going uh and i got around that same time period i started writing for rue morgue magazine which was like wow dream come true and then uh my friend randy zimmerman started up a paper a local paper called flint comics and entertainment and i started writing for him and he gave me a column 
let me write whatever I wanted to write every month, you know, for, geez, 10 years. Amazing. Just dozens of columns, my random acts of rant. Okay, so here's where this ties in. Because of Flint Comics, and because of the Fear Finder, I started thinking back to years back when I lived in Davison, Michigan, I wrote for a little zine called It's Our World. And and they were publishing my poems and published little articles and things about um, bands and stuff like that. And uh, they went under eventually. And there was just a little zine. So it was cool. But after that, it lit a fire under me to to kind of want to write my own zine and maybe do something about local music, like a little underground music magazine. So I literally put that magazine together in a big folder, a big three-pronged notebook style thing, like a trapper keeper. And I put the magazine together and it was like a good, I don't know, 56 pages. And, uh, one of the features was called Random Acts of Rant. So I had reached back for that for Flint Comics. So it was 2012 when this idea came to me. And all those, all those past, uh, you know, developments had played into this. There was nothing in, you know, February. There was nothing in April that was new content related to Halloween. Nothing that I could find that was current. Let's put it that way. Because I did find years later that there was an older Halloween magazine that someone was putting out quarterly, I think. And it's great. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's super fun and super cool. Haunt related. You know, and this is different than like the Haunted Attraction magazine. This is just purely Halloween related, not necessarily uh, haunt related. So these are different than that. Um, so I found her, the woman that published that magazine or edited that magazine and I friended her on Facebook and that was the first person I thought I'm going to try to interview her and, uh, see what her experience was like. (laughs) See if I'm just, is this a weird folly? Can I actually do this? Make my own Halloween magazine. And, uh, at first I thought, yeah, I could probably do it. I don't know how I'll publish it, but I'll figure that out after I put it together, right? So I did message her. She never messaged me back. That's okay. Um, I read, I bought some of her magazines on eBay. I read them. They're really cool. Had a lot of fun with them. And meanwhile, I was putting together issue one of Halloween Machine, which uh, was really cool. It's, it's very thin compared to what they are now, but... Um, I found a website that would publish it and uh, you could publish it yourself print on demand from uh, lulu.com. So I went with that, went that route and just made a little, I think it was maybe, gosh, I want to say 24 pages had a interview with Robert Tenno who made uh, uh, Frankenstein and me, which I loved that movie. And basically I wrote the entire first issue myself because how was I going to go get content from other people for something that might just be a whim, might just be a folly? Is my personal labor of love, so I, I couldn't put it on other people. So I wrote the magazine pretty much myself. My a cousin 
did write a piece about Scream, which was really cool. Cousin Jesse. And uh, my son Zach drew a picture of Ghostface for his article. So that went in too. So that was the idea. I wanted to have, uh, I had a review of a Halloween tree in there, which I had written for Rue Morgue's website. I had a Monster Kid Corner column on Rue Morgue's website. I pulled that off of there. And, you know, I just wrote about Halloween stuff, things I could review, um, just things I could think of and find, toys, things like that, and put the first issue together and put it out, you know, and expect anything from it. It's, like I said, it's my labor of love. It still is my labor of love. I haven't gotten rich off of it, but it's one of, I would say, the most fully realized uh, pieces of uh, creativity that I've had because even though it sells varying amounts of copies, sometimes it just sells a few, you know, sometimes it sells in the hundred area, but no matter how many it sells, that doesn't matter. It's I'm doing it for me. I'm putting this up for me. And so it's nine years later. This is the ninth year. And I was thinking about, well, maybe I'll tone it down this year. You know, maybe I'll just put out one or two. I've put out three to five every year since 2012, and I've gotten a ton of help since then. I didn't, I'm not writing these all by myself anymore, although occasionally I will have to do the lion's share. But that's on me because, like I said, my labor of love. But I've had tons of magnificent contributors over the years. Uh, a guy that ran a poem of his early on, Curtis Prim, and he's been with me in every single magazine ever since. So he's pretty close to the beginning. I've had my sister, my friends, um, all kinds of contributors from the horror community, amazing artists, just jaw-dropping artists that will uh, let me use their work for a cover or I'll, I'll do a little spotlight on them. Um, I've been able to interview some really cool Halloween experts like Lisa Morton um, and a few others that did stuff for the History Channel and the Haunted History Halloween special that you see out every year and, uh, you know, the real, the true story of Halloween, those specials. A bunch of people from them and um, <clears throat> just a ton of different people, right? Um, I've interviewed, it, it's opened up doors. I could talk to people like Mick Garris. Mick Garris, I talked to about Hocus Pocus one year for an interview. Uh, David Howard Thornton from Terrifier. Just on and on and on. I can't, I can't name them all off. It would be a really long podcast and you would get bored. But suffice to say that it's very a very satisfying project. Um, very close to my heart and and uh, I find myself wanting to do it now, maybe more than I even have in the past few years, because it's the thing that keeps calling to me. Now, for a lot of people who create things, you know what I mean. Sometimes um, I, my friend Chris Ringler put it really well. Sometimes it's like you're possessed and you got to get this out. <laughs> so lately, that's the thing that I find calling to me the most. Get that first Halloween machine of 2020 out there get it out there and I, I'll do at least two or three issues this year which I think last year I did three 
But um, so that's what I'm thinking about now. Oh, and I wanted to go back a little bit. Sorry, I'm jumping around a lot here, but I wanted to go back a little bit to the seventh heaven thing. This is kind of a postscript to that little story, which if anyone has any pictures of the inside of seventh heaven, there's a few small faded pictures on Facebook, but I would love to have them contact me at Halloween machine magazine one at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, so one night, a few years ago, my cousin and I were cleaning the office, which was a job that we do on, and it was Halloween night. We had done the whole haunt that we have at my house and we went clean the office and we could see spotlights over by the office. And like, well, that's the crypt, which is a local Halloween haunt. It was close to midnight. It was like 1130 and something evil was lurking in the dark. No. We're like, okay, that's the crypt. I know it is. Let's drive over there. And my cousin Diamond, she's like, yeah, let's do it. We get over there. We're the only two people there. And they're like, you guys are the last ones. You want to go through? So we went through. And we're going and get about halfway through. And boom, there it is. The old uh, Seventh Heaven electric chair prop. It's up on this big stage thing going crazy. And, you know, I just stopped and looked at him like, wow, there it is. It was amazing to see all those years later. And it was still working. It was still viable, still haunting people, including my cousin Diamond, who was trying to push me to move. But I kept stopping to look at all the props because I recognized a lot of them. A lot of the stuff in there was from Seventh Heaven, which makes sense because the crypt were the ones that ran Halloween Connection every year. So anyway, yeah, that's just a just a little extra tidbit. Uh, Michigan history Halloween type thing uh, but the main thing is Halloween machine uh, going into the ninth year of that and I'm really really pleased with it and I read a quote years ago that said if you don't find the book that you want then write it yourself and that's what I attempt to do every year with Halloween with the help of a lot of friends so yeah now I didn't do this to 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 say this but if you have any halloween related content pictures memories if you want to write an article about something if you have a haunt if you want to tell us how to build a prop you can message me again at that same address halloween machine magazine one at gmail.com and i will put you into halloween machine thanks so much for listening you guys and i will be back soon with another episode Be safe.